Welcome to Four Books, the new podcast from Four for State. I'm Tara Alazawi, your host for today's show. In Four Books, we ask an author to answer four questions on the books that made them, on the books that made a significant impact at distinct junctures of their lives. It might be the book that guided them through a breakup, the one that they press urgently into a friend's hand, the book that best articulates love, or the book that opened up the world in a startling new way. Reading has a unique power to universalise the most private of experiences, and the books we turn to can reveal more about ourselves than we think. In four books, we use literature to glimpse the inner life of our authors. Our guest today is Andrew Marr, host of BBC One's The Andrew Marr Show. His acclaimed television documentary series include Andrew Marr's History of Modern Britain and The Making of Modern Britain, and he's a successful fiction and non-fiction writer, penning two political thrillers for Fourth Estate thus far, Head of State and Children of the Master. His new book takes him in a different direction again. More than just an anthology, We British is a history of Britain told through its poetry. Combining some of the greatest of our poetry, including poems far too little known, with explanations and brief historical essays, We British amounts to a surprising, uplifting journey towards a new way of thinking about who we have been and who we are. Andrew, you live in a political world. What poem best explains politics to you? Very, very short, quite well known by Hilaire Belloc. It was relevant when he wrote it in the 1920s. It's absolutely relevant nearly 100 years later. And it goes like this. The accursed power which stands on privilege and goes with women and champagne and bridge broke and democracy resumed her reign, which goes with bridge and women and champagne. In other words, they're all in the end quite similar. If there's one poem that you could press on to other people, what would that be? So I, uh, the poem I would choose is, choose is called Snow by Louis McNeese, and it was written in the 1930s. And I think it's extraordinary because it just shows how, ex- how unexpected and remarkable the world we live in is. A lot of the time we go through our working lives and we never stop to be amazed at being alive. And this is a relatively short poem, which I think does that. And if you internalise this poem, you'll be a better and happier person. So here it is. The room was suddenly rich, and the great bay window was spawning snow and pink roses against it, soundlessly collateral and incompatible. World is suddener than we fancy it. World is crazier, and more of it than we think, incorrigibly plural. I peel and portion a tangerine, and spit the pips, and feel the drunkenness of things being various and the fire flames with a bubbling sound for world, is more spiteful and gay than one supposes. On the tongue, on the eyes, on the ears, in the palm of your hands, there is more than glass between the snow and the huge roses. Louis McNeese. Andrew, what poem for you best articulates love? Well, it's an odd poem, perhaps, to choose. It's uh, called The Voice, and it's by Thomas Hardy, and it came in his poems of 1912 to 1913. And what had happened was that his first wife, Emma, had died, and he'd been unfaithful to her. It had been an unhappy marriage. And in these poems, he looks back at the early years of the marriage together 
And it's, it's just utterly, utterly heartbreaking because he realises not only can he never make it right to her, but, you know, everything dies, everything moves. The only thing that sticks is love. And they're just, I mean, there's a series of poems. Uh, At Castle Botterill is another one. And if you can read these poems all the way through without crying, there's something wrong with you. Woman much missed, how you called to me, called to me, saying, now you are not as you were, when you had changed from the one who was all to me, but as at first, when our day was fair. Can it be you that I hear? Let me view you then, standing as when I drew near to the town where you would wait for me. Yes, as I knew you then, even to the original air-blue gown. Or is it only the breeze, in its listlessness, travelling across the wet mead to me here? You, your being ever dissolved to one wistlessness, heard no more again, far or near. Thus I, faltering forward, leaves around me falling, wind oozing, thin through the thorn from Norwood, and the woman calling. What poem reminds you of childhood? So this is a chance for me to give a cry out to one of my English teachers because the first poems I came across, Walter de la Mer and kind of children's collections, did not turn me on at all. I thought they were wispy and dreary and I wasn't excited by them. But when I got to school, I had an English teacher, um, Peter Wood, who was very, very keen on all sorts of poets. I've mentioned Louis McNeese before. Here's another one. And this really reminds me because he read them in the classroom and for the first time I understood how exciting poetry could be. This one is called Bagpipe Music and it's really just a kind of social essay in a way about life in the 1930s. It's no go the merry-go-round. It's no go the rickshaw. All we want is a limousine and a ticket for the peep show. Their knickers are made of crepe de chine, their shoes are made of python, their halls are lined with tiger rugs, and their walls with head of bison. John MacDonald found a corpse, put it under the sofa, waited till it came to life and hit it with a poker, sold its eyes for souvenirs, sold its blood for whiskey, kept its bones for dumbbells to use when he was fifty. It's no go the yogi man, it's no go Blavatsky, all we want is a bank balance, a bit of skirt in the taxi, and so on. It goes on and on and on. It's just great fun, you know, and I realised the poem could be fun. There's one other poem which is not really about love, but it's also about fun I can do, which is one of the very few poems I can do um, in total without, without, without looking down at the page, because it's very short. It was written by a great friend of mine, a lovely, lovely man called Adrian Mitchell, now dead, and it was written for his wife, who's called Celia, still alive. And the poem is called Celia, Celia. And in total, it goes like this. When I am sad and weary, when I think all hope has gone, when I'm walking down High Hoburn, I think of you with nothing on. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. That's brilliant. Thank you, you so like much, Andrew. All right. That was Andrew Marr talking about the four poems that inspired him. His new book, We British... The Poetry of a People, is out now. We'll be broadcasting four books every month from our Fourth Estate channel. We look forward to seeing you next time.